Zen Parenting Radio. My name is Todd Adams. What's your name? This is Kathy Adams. You surprised me. You started very quickly. I know. I'm keeping you on your toes. I guess. And I'm not going off of any notes today. That's that's very different for you. I listened to my our show last week, and I said write a lot. Like you, you would say something, and I'd be like, write. And why? And why did you do that? I was looking at my notes. <laughs> you were like, let's move on to the next thing. So, um, but no, this is going to be a fun show. I'm very excited. Oh, good. I'm glad. Um, do you want to know what we're going to talk about today? I do. I, I asked you deliberately not to tell me. Well, I have a blog that that came out this week, and it's about um, being a giver. But uh, so you wrote it about me. Yeah. Well, you are a giver. I am. You are. But no, what I wrote it about was. Did you say what I wrote it about? <laughs> What I wrote about, did I say that? Yeah. Did I say wrote it about? What I wrote about was how we give, which is a great thing, right? Yeah. The word carries kind of a positive energy, give, right. give, give. But how I've spent too much time with people who give, give, give and deplete themselves. Mm-hmm. At their own expense. At their own, well, obviously deplete themselves, right? right? You know, yeah, simultaneously. using different words okay, for the same just, idea. Okay, so people can get it on yeah, all different yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah. You have your language, I have mine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're going to talk about that later in the show. Right. Um, but so anyway, people give, 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 they deplete themselves. And then what ends up happening? I'm doing a little test with you here. Sure. To a person who gives, 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 how do they feel? How do they end up feeling about the people they're giving to if they feel depleted? They feel like they um, owe them something. That could be part of it. They feel like there's no balance. Exactly. They feel sometimes resentful. Resentful. Good. Yes. I like, was trying to come up with that word and I couldn't. Like, I all here, all I am doing. And we talked about this, and I know you're about to get into your stream of thought, but no, it's okay. Last week we talked about how when, or two weeks ago, when you have a baby, all you do is give. Right. Not that I ever resent my baby, but it, there's no balance. But you do not in a resentment like you're going to try and hash it out with them type thing. But you do get to a point where you're like, I'm done. Right. You have to walk away for a minute right. because you can't give anymore. Right. We we all have these places. And then we sometimes have to I, – I actually have memories of when the girls were really, really little being like, I'm at my end. Yeah. I'm at my end. And then something happening like they pee their pants or something. And you have to take it even further. Right. You're like, I'm at my end. You thought yep. you were at your end. I thought I was. you need to go further. But I need to carve out even more. And so that is a truth about life. And mm-hmm. we have to honor that. But when we have choices about giving when we really have a choice we have to be thoughtful givers so we don't end up being resentful or thinking the world owes us and here's the story that i told it's an interesting story which i may have shared with you before okay when i went to santa fe with manisha and aaron and amy and jamie that's new mexico that is. Thank yeah. you. I, I like all this information you're sharing. That's what I'm here for. Um, when we went to New Mexico, we met a shaman, and we talked with him for a long time. Great guy. Um, really great guy, and we had a great conversation. I could hear a lot of people be like, Hoo-hoo. Well, that's fine, and, and that's kind of, I'm that. being my, this is what I do. And right. this this book club that I'm in, This this they're my girlfriends. They're some of my best girlfriends, but we're in this book club, and our whole intention is spiritual awareness. Right. So we don't just... Go do things and yeah, you know. it's not like you go drink coffee and talk about your kids. You guys go deep. We go deep. Right. So these are my, these are my deep folks. So so that's what we did. We met with the shaman and he and I ended up getting into our own. What conversation. was this shaman's name? Um, his name let's call him was Joe. well. Let's just let's just call him a shaman because I'm actually his name is escaping me even though I have his card right in my purse. But it doesn't matter. Shamans with business cards. <laughs> well, gotta love it. You know what? He if we all have to make a living, and right. Where he is a shaman, meaning that is an old term mm-hmm. word that you know that's He's, culturally speaking. He just helps people. He helps people just like anybody else does, and he he kind of has therapist skills and uh, you know um, deep understanding of people on that level that a lot of us don't reach. Okay. So 
point is, as I said to him, you know, we were talking about keeping our energy up so we could help people mm-hmm. because even though he's a shaman and I don't call myself a shaman, we're in similar lines of work of yeah. supporting people. And I was talking about keeping my energy up and how much I love to give. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, that's your problem mm-hmm. right there. And, and a lot of people might be asking themselves, why is giving ever a problem? And that's what I said. I actually was confused for a second. I said, are you saying I shouldn't like giving? And he said, no, you need to change your word. You need to stop giving and start sharing. Mm-hmm. What you sharing is you keep enough for yourself mm-hmm. so you can continue to give to others mm-hmm. or share with others. I right. have to it's hard for me to even change that word. Right. So sharing is I am solid in my foundation. I feel good about who I am and then I share of myself, right. but it allows me to stay solid. Giving can can you I get visuals when I talk about these things. Giving you might overextend, you go too far, you go too far, you go too far, and then you end up being resentful of the people you're giving to. Mm-hmm. Sharing, you're just, you're just sharing. offering. And it gives you that sense of strength where you can continue to share with others. And I'm talking about not just volunteering, but about your work and about being a parent. You know, you have to have something of your own. And when he said that to me, it was one of the biggest light bulb moments so I've ever clicked. had. Oh my gosh. Well, it's, well, words did, are so important to me. I know it is, but what he said to you, did it, did it, did you say to yourself, I'm going to change the way I do things? Or are you simply coming at it from a different place? It's all about the word itself helps me understand the act of sharing with others right. on a different level. Right. It helps me because my most of my adult life I've been talking about self-care, right? right. So the concept isn't new. Right. You know, I preach it all the time. But that analogy helped me understand it on the most deep level that you cannot change the world if you are not taking care of yourself. Right. I'm sorry, it's like the, it's you know, I believe that deeply. Right. If you are going to overextend and give more than you have to give, in mm-hmm. a, you know, quote unquote, more than you have to give, you just end up, you know, like I, I end it by saying, I end the blog by saying, you know, if we can take care of ourselves, we're gonna have more time to share because we'll be able to avoid the pitfalls of illness mm-hmm. and negativity and and depletion mm-hmm. because we'll be taking care of ourselves and then we have more to share. So even though I have no research to back this up, right. Todd, I think we can offer more to the world if we take time for ourselves. Then we'll have more time. All right, I'll give you an example that okay. may contradict what you're saying or it may support. I okay. figure that Gandhi, we love the man. Right. We love the movie. Right. But whenever something bad would happen, he would go on these fasts. Right. And he would deplete his his body right. of resources that they would need. And I guess my question is, how does self care play into that? Like and we're not all Gandhi. Gandhi was an enlightened man. He's mm-hmm. a human being, but right. he He probably really... had many lives before that one. Right. And um I agree with you. I think that you need to have something for yourself in mm-hmm. order to c- continue to give it to others. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe Gandhi could have done a lot better by not fasting, by instead doing other things. Well, see, and I would disagree because I think that Gandhi knew exactly what he had to offer and it was inside of him. Right. Like we, you know, we know about the fasts and we know what he had to do to make a shift. Like he really had to put his own life on the line. But Gandhi also had a meditation practice. Yeah. Gandhi also had, you know, a connection he, he with his significant other. Another. to fill himself up exactly he had he what did he always do he made clothes mm-hmm. like yeah, he was I, always weaving he was the, always the cotton or whatever he had a way and that's what i mean by self-care you guys it's not, it is what makes you feel good you know i was talking to my class yesterday and we were talking about different emotions bunch of college kids bunch, yeah college kids and i love talking to them about these things because it's oftentimes very new to them 
And we were talking about how we don't sit in our emotions, how, you know, obviously we don't sit in sadness and frustration and fear and we try and walk away from it or have a drink or do something to avoid it. We try and numb out. But we even do that with feelings of joy. Mm-hmm. You know, and they all kind of laughed. Like, you feel happy and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel happy. Well, the other shoe's going to drop. I better not feel happy too right. long. And then they, they psych and themselves out of And then they psych themselves out of it. So self-care could be as simple as I'm feeling joy. I'm going to take that in and have some minutes by myself. Like one thing I discovered for myself just in the last week or two is that I do better if I take some time out for myself in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. I was rushing around trying to get everything done in the morning, do my yoga, do my meditation, you know, get in the shower. Really what I want to do is get up, relax, maybe look at my magazine and get in the shower. I don't want to go sit and meditate and and do yoga. But you know when I do want to meditate? About 2 o'clock. Right. I want to sit and be quiet. And that works for you now, and it may have not have worked for you, you know, up until this point. It wouldn't have. But you completely changed, and that's right. okay. You're uh, like, I think a lot of people might take that, and they be, say they need to meditate in the middle of the day. Well, I no. What I think is, I get stuck in my own ways, and I'd be like, oh, of course I have to, you know, let's say I, I meditate in the morning, which I don't, but let's say I did. Well, I can't stop doing that. Like, and right. they force themselves to doing yes. something that they don't want to do. Yes. So what? But what you did is you came from a place of allowance, saying, "Hey, man, I need my sleep." Right. I'll take the extra half hour in the morning and find 20 minutes right. somewhere in the afternoon. And I was ruining my day by trying to get up earlier than my body wanted to, A, then B, rushing around all morning. So like when the girls wanted me to do their hair, I was like, oh, you know, I was in a frenzy running out the door. And so my whole meditation yoga thing was, you know, right. it wasn't working. Right. And so it's like if I get up and do what feels good and spend time with the girls and come downstairs and be relaxed, that's a heck of a lot better way to start my day. Right. And then I can, and you know, I just went to yoga class later in the day and then I just, you know, did my meditation when I want to because meditation isn't about, it. it's so personal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about it has to look this way or be at this time or you have to sit with your palms up. You can sit on a chair and just relax and breathe. Stare at the wall. Exactly. And so that's really important for people to know is they get very rigid. They almost make it like a job. Right. Yeah. It's something a, they have they to have do. They have to do instead of looking at it as something to embrace and enjoy. Well, um, I want to tell you a quick story about a memory that I have of Oprah interviewing Byron Katie. Okay. But before I do that, let's talk about where we're going to be tomorrow night. We are going to be at the YMCA Leaning Tower YMCA uh, in Niles. It's on the edge of Chicago. Yeah. Um, so I thought it actually was in it the city. It actually has in... a leaning tower. It looks yeah. like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It's the most incredible thing ever. You may think you're in Europe if you're there. Yeah. So come to Europe with us <laughs> on the north side of Chicago. So um, 7.30 tomorrow night. So check us out. And Todd and I are doing a presentation on, uh, obviously, connection in a cu- as a couple, but also reducing the chaos in your home and anything else you parents want to talk about. And we also partner with uh, Cairo Tree. A tree of life. Um, Kyrotree.com, Tree of Life. Yes. Dr. Kelly. Well, I was going to share a story with you about Dr. Kelly. Please so do. last week, um, I got sick for the first time in a long time. And I, I wouldn't give in to the fact that I was sick. I'm like, no, I'm just really tired. And you were sick. <laughs> but it just wasn't, the, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. I can't fight anymore. I was sick. So the first thing I did Thursday morning when I woke up, actually I taught first and yeah. have no idea what I said to my right. class. We'll never I, know. And your parents were, or your students were probably asleep during that time. I know because I didn't feel good. You know when your head isn't attached. Right. Anyway, but I went straight to Dr. Kelly's office, got an adjustment. And oftentimes when I get an adjustment, I get tired. Right. So I came home and I slept for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, you, it was a day where I was around and I was able to help out and you slept, slept that afternoon slept. and you just went to bed early. And well, how lucky were we that you were not traveling? Very, or, I'm just so thankful very for blessed. that. So thankful. Anyway, so I slept, and then the next day I was actually okay. I mean, I wasn't great in the morning. But my point in saying this is 
the thing about holistic wellness and about let's just talk about chiropractic and Dr. Kelly is that it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to avoid mm-hmm. an illness. Right. Like I don't get sick that much, but I do. Right. I did. And but you can do things to boost your immunity, mm-hmm. like get an adjustment, get back in alignment so the illness doesn't sustain and right. it doesn't last as long. And I believe that. Yeah. I didn't take any medication, right. I didn't take anything like that. No and, antibiotics. So I slept, got an adjustment, and that was it. And then the next and morning I was better. you were on the path to wellness. Exactly. And by that night we had Jeremy over. Our, yeah, uh, Friday night we had a get together. Yeah. So my point is is that it's just another tool and that I don't have even though Dr. Kelly has research and she can explain to you what happens in the body. She's mm-hmm. the doctor. All I know is that it's worked and mm-hmm. it's worked my whole life. And yeah. when I was five and had a fever, that's where my mom took me, was right. a chiropractor. So So uh, put it in your uh, toolbox yeah. of wellness. Right. Exactly. So Tree of Life Chiropractic, chirotree.com, Dr. Kelly. She's awesome. Um, so here's my Byron Katie story. Byron okay. Katie's some author, and she's written a lot of books, and she's uh, a good teacher of ours. Yes. And Oprah was interviewing her on one of her soul series, and um, Oprah was saying how sometimes you know she does a lot of charity stuff, and she gives, and there's times when she gives, and she doesn't feel appreciated in return. Yes. And Katie called her out saying, well, you shouldn't do that. And Oprah's like, I shouldn't do what? She's like, you shouldn't give. And Oprah's like, of course I should give. She's like, if you are ever giving for, and a component of it is to get a thank you back, yes. then you're not doing it for the right exactly the the right reasons. Right. So I think that you are better off by not giving if you are giving for something to be reciprocated. Right. And instead of giving, you figure out a way to give without any ties or being more honest if you really need reciprocity if you're like i just need connection and i need someone to be with me then ask someone to go eat with you and talk with you or call a friend and say i need to talk i need back and forth rather than i'm going to give you this so you think i'm a great person i mean part you know here's the thing todd we all have egos so Mm -hmm. it's there's no way to avoid this we all like the feeling we get when we give true but if you start to get it's just you know again going back to the blog if you start to give to the point where i'll get yogic about this where your shoulders start to cave in and you're giving so much you just you're just annoyed by you know what you have to um you know, you're offering and you don't feel like you're getting anything back, then you, the giving isn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out a way to get back, get your foundation back, get your give back to yourself right. first, and then offer yourself again. That's why the word sharing means so much to me now. Because if I have something, knowledge, um, you know, money, uh, and or food or whatever it may Compassion. be, if I have enough for myself, right. then I can share with people from right. that place in my heart. Right. But if I have nothing mm-hmm. and I'm trying to give more than I have, then it, it becomes a little messy. Right. And I think that people could bring up times when, you know, like someone had the, their last bite of food and they shared it with someone else. Right. Um, but if it was from their heart, it was still sharing. Right. You know, I'm not trying to get down to the, you know, the details of this right. if they were still doing it from their heart because they wanted to and it gave them that feeling of joy but so often we give we'll say oh don't worry about it. i'll do it and then we'll be like oh that person doesn't ever pay me back and, right. and so then we're getting why into are that. You doing that why are you doing it well i haven't thrown my dad under the bus in a while and oh, okay my dad used to um like he would write a thank you note or something like it kind of went on and on. i don't remember the exact scenario but like he'd write a thank you note for something and then he'd call me and say like you get my thank you note <laughs> waiting for me to say thank you or no it was a birthday card or a birthday card yeah <laughs> and i i just thought that that was really funny like you send the birthday card and then you, you're done but the gift is in the card right and, that, right and if i didn't acknowledge 
Dad, thank you for the birthday card, then something was wrong. Right. And so the balance in that is it's always good to be grateful. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you show gratitude or say thank you or write a thank you note back, that's great. But we're going to get into this big back and forth. Right. If we always need the re- if we right. always need someone to reciprocate, right. can we just get like one good? Um, where do we get this from? That if you're going to bar, if you're going to let someone borrow money from you, just, you uh, might as well decide that money's gone. Right. Yeah. And I think if there's a practical reason for doing that, not a spiritually enlightened reason, if you if you borrow if you loan somebody money. Um, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Right. So eliminate the craziness, consider it a gift, and if they happen to give it back... Then it's a bonus. Then it's a bonus. It's icing. Yeah. And now that may not be true in business deals mm-hmm. and such when we're drawing up contracts. I'm just talking about in life, if someone says, hey, can you loan me $20? Here's $20, just like you said, beautiful way to say it. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. You don't say that, but in your right. head, it's a gift, and if they pay you back, great. Well, can I give a free shout-out to an organization called Kiva, K-I-V-A? Sure. Um, we, you know, everybody likes to give and um, do be charitable and all that but there are certain minded people that think that people should pull themselves up by their bootstraps and stuff like that yes so, I, I know all about those so kind of people. for those people there's an organization called kiva and you're not giving money away what you're doing is called microfinancing mm-hmm. and you give loans to these third world people who are trying to start a business right. and it's like they need 250 majority women majority of them yeah, are women that's what i love and i've done this for i don't know like five or six yeah. years and they pay back like in increment you know it's 50 you know you can give 20 bucks 50 bucks whatever and you get to decide and select whose business you want to support and how much and every single time the 50 dollars keeps going out to this person in third world country then it comes back to me saying hey your loan's been paid off and then you get to reloan it to somebody yep. else so you can use the same amount of money you exactly. don't have you can up it if you want but you can put the same 50 or 100 or whatever dollars in there loan it to someone they pay you back and it takes time oh yeah it's you know. t- six months nine months yeah. but it's that's all they need they just right. need something to get, to get started. started they don't have access yeah kiva's great so it's kiva.com i think it's kiva.org but oh, just kiva Org. And I found it out. Bill Clinton talked about it on Oprah one time. Imagine that. And I don't even think I watch Oprah, but yet here I am quoting all these Oprah. Well, things. your wife tends to have Oprah on a lot. It's kind of in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's not, you know, it's her own channel or the magazine or what, or Oprah radio. It's just, you know why, Todd? You know, I don't want to hold Oprah up on a pedestal and say... Because if you do, you're going to find out that she did something really bad and then we're going to be really disappointed. <laughs> like we talked about last week. Right. Um, it's not so much that, but she's a good teacher for me. I don't want to be Oprah, mm-hmm. but she offers opportunities to to be your best self. And I don't think she wants anyone to be like her. Mm-hmm. She just wants people to go out there and be themselves. Um, and I just really agree with that message. I want uh, you to really briefly talk about the Ted Turner thing last night. Oh, so good. Um, but before I do that, let's talk really quickly about Poofin and Abbott. Well, crazy about Poofin, we had a million, not a million, I'm exaggerating. Just a little bit. Just, <laughs> we had a lot of emails from people and posts on our Facebook that they got a Poofin for their kids for Valentine's Day and how much they loved, their kids loved the Poofin. Sure and I was did. so happy. And keep sending those emails. What is our uh, email address? Poofin.com? Well, oh, no. comments at zenparentingradio.com? Comments at zenparentingradio.com or post on our Facebook page. It's better page. on Facebook. That way more people see it. Yeah. But so Poofin.com, you know, it's just such a great gift. And as Todd and I have said, we get them for birthday parties and such. But thank you to everyone who bought a Poofin and um, yeah, gave it to our, their child. for our Valentine's Day special. And then what about Avid, the Avid special? Oh, yeah. There's a special coming up. What is it? I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they don't have specials. Every day is special in Avid. I know because they do such a good job. Painting, remodeling, spring is around the corner. It's time to look at your house and do something about it and call Avid. 630-956-1800. Avidco.net. Avidco. 
Um, Ted Turner. Yes. So speaking um, of yeah, oh, and I sw- you you watch an hour long, so I don't even I don't even know if you know where I'm going with this. Which part did you want me to get to? I think to? it was the um, the Gorbachev thing. I mean, oh well, let's instead of getting into the details because I okay. think people should watch it and see how amazing this is. Right. I I knew Ted Turner was a pretty amazing man, obviously. Right. But I watched his. Uh, it's called Masterclass on OWN, mm-hmm. and it kind of it has people who come on and just basically share their lives and their teachable moments and um, fantastic people. And so I was, you know, kind of interested in seeing Ted Turner's. Oh my gosh, the things this man has done to change the world. I don't think we understand how much he's done, mm-hmm. and he's not a politician. Right. He gets into politics per se because he decides that he's going to make the world a better place. But one thing that I loved about what he there's so many things where would I go with this, but. He used to have his man or his uh, father was a military man, and so Ted Turner used to have these military uh, busts on his uh, desk. So we always thought, kind of in a military fashion, about you know how do I win this? How right. do I you know make the best of this? And as he got older, he realized that it was all about peace, mm-hmm. and that life was all about giving peace to the world and, and moving toward world peace. And he changed his busts on his desk to Martin Luther King and Gandhi, and he said he talked to them. And would say, what should I do here? And they would always say, move toward peace. And so he basically, he saved the bison. Mm -hmm. Like, he really did. Like, you can say, oh, no, he didn't do that. He is the one who invested in saving the bison. What is a bust? A bust is like a little statue. But it's called a bust because it's their head. You know, it's kind of like those famous, you know, or like if you go into a haunted house, you know, Mm -hmm. there's like busts. No, I've never heard. I've always said a bust is boobs. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Um, but, well, let's just call it a little statue. Does yeah. that work better? Yeah, because uh, I'm trying to <laughs> Your think brain of Gandhi got... with boobs. You got, you were just... <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of just sense. Just thinking about the male brain, how you hear the word that <laughs> distracts you. Well, and some words don't make sense. Like, I remember as a little kid when I heard about Gandhi doing these fasts. Yeah. There's nothing fast about fasts. Like, right. how did somebody in the English language decided way back when that when somebody deprives themselves of food, we're going to call them fasts. Right. And you know, I how just that I just learned in my 30s that breakfast comes from break, break from the fast. You haven't ate, eaten all night. So it's your break from your fast. Oh. Isn't that cool? That is cool. Um, I remember third grade Miss Reddy's class. I couldn't remember how to um, spell the word friends. So yeah. then it's just fry ends. Fry ends. That's it. Exactly. Makes sense. It's a it's a TV show that I kind of like. Friends. That's right. It's real, um, it's still my do favorite. Do we want to go to the Todd and Laura thing? Yeah. So let's talk about this. So Todd and I were listening to Parenting Unplugged this morning, which we often do together, and we they were talking about that they had this new plan. New plan. New plan. Um, where what they're going to do to parent is that. Todd is going to be in charge in the morning. In charge. He's going to be the head coach. He's going to be the head coach. manager. And Laura is going to be in charge at night. So they'll both be present, but there will be someone in charge. And it's their new plan. Um, Because they're having, I don't even know what the issues were, but something wasn't working. I don't know either. Obviously, we're not in the home. But what they talk about on the show is that sometimes there's overlapping opinions about what should happen. And so they're like, okay, let's make this clean and easy. Right. Let me be, and, and again, like you said, Todd um, bases everything around sports. Yes. So all of his language is, I'm the coach, I'm the leader, yeah. I'm in charge. On the show, he talked about Vince Lombardi and Michael yeah. Jordan and, and all And he this other actually stuff. said sports makes life make so much sense or something. I'm That's not verbatim, Todd, sorry, but it's something to that effect. Like, we can learn so much from sports, right. he said. And actually, Laura made a comment on the show, like Kathy and Todd on Zen Parenting are going to have gonna, fun with this. Right. Honestly, I don't think it's that bad of an idea. As long as it's balanced. 
I think the thing that I laugh about that I want Todd to understand is that e- women don't necessarily use sports language the way men do. Our a society is very male focused. So a lot of TV shows say like things like drop the ball and mm-hmm. you know using a lot of take a knee. Take a knee. One time my friend Greggy was on an airplane and he had to throw up because he got too drunk the night before. Uh-huh. And he said he didn't know what to do and he was in the aisle and he couldn't get to the bathroom because it was locked. <laughs> and I go, "What'd you do?" And he goes, "I took a knee." <laughs> And I think what that means is he sat on one knee and threw up on the airplane. You know, well, that's how sports helped him. Sports helped him take <laughs> a knee in the aisle. But you, you know, and again, I was an athlete when I was young. I was a good baseball player, wasn't yeah, I? Yeah, you're a good pitcher. So it's not about women don't understand sports. That's not what I'm getting to. But I don't think women speak in that language right. as much as men do. Women are much more into the feeling right. part of things, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. So even though we may understand what you're saying, we don't attach to it the way you said. Mm-hmm. And so Todd and I were laughing this morning because I said, because they have to go see Breaking Dawn also on a date and I said what if Laura started talking about like let's let's organize our parenting around how the Cullens would do it and how you know let's be Edward you'd be Edward I'll be Bella you know and of course the dad or the man would be like what are you talking about makes no sense it does if we explain it to you am I closer to Jacob or Edward Edward for sure but my body is more like Jacob (laughs) Jacob's He's got a shirt off a lot. He sure does, and it's got nothing. Edward's got a good body, too. It's just, in my life, Are you you're, saying that I don't have a good body because no, I'm more like Edward? No, you do. No, you is are my, my... Is my blood cold? Your blood is not cold, That's and your body bad. is not cold. Oh, good. You are more. You are my Edward. If uh, you were my Jacob, we wouldn't be together. Right. Do you see what I, I'm I do, saying? I do, I do. Do you understand? That, no, I don't know. Okay, all. see? Do you under, and this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, I have about. no idea what you're talking about If I about say to right you, now. you are my Edward, you're like, I don't know what that means. And, and women, and some men... We know who you are. You're mm. out there. Who have read Twilight, seen the movies, know what that means. It means something intense, you know? Right. And so so with the Todd and Laura thing, I don't think their idea is silly. I think the idea is let's, let's do this and, and practice this so maybe then we can start to merge, but we don't overlap each other in opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not a bad idea, but it was the language. Right. Because Laura kept saying, okay, I'll do it. And she was going but through the, the motions. But yeah, the language doesn't connect with her, I don't think. Or at right. least it wouldn't have for me. If right. you told me I'm going to be the coach in the morning, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Right. Well, and then I will say one serious parenting thing about this. Because like I said, as long as it's balanced, it's fine. But I think what one trap that uh, us parents should not fall into is you know the father comes home and he's the one that's in charge of discipline right or the mother comes home and she's the one that's always supposed to be playing or something like and that. and it's usually vice versa right it's yeah. it's not fair to either one so in other words you're with the kids more often than i am so you are usually the one setting the boundaries and then i get to be the, the good times guy to come right. in and have a good time and be joyful and everything else right and i have to make a an effort which I do, to make sure that I am also being the one disciplining right. and educating and setting boundaries to, because I don't want you just to always have to be the bad guy. Well, there's that part. And I think the thing that a parents, and we'll say, you're, we'll just focus on dads because this is oftentimes the dad perspective. Right. Not always, but often is that they think, okay, I have this limited time with my child. I don't want to get into a disagreement. I don't want to discipline. I don't want to set a boundary because I only have this limited time. But the piece they're missing is that's a part of love too, Mm -hmm. is setting a boundary and and saying this isn't okay. It is a part of loving Mm -hmm. as well. And so even though it may be a little more uncomfortable because you just really want to have fun. Yeah, I don't like disciplining Who does? 
Don't some people do? Well, maybe they do, but then their ego's in the way, yeah, probably. Yeah, they're not conscious. I don't think... I think maybe they're getting their anger or frustration out on their kids, but who likes to... You know, sometimes it comes very naturally to me, meaning that I know when that boundary is reached, I feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they may be joking around, and then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, it's the time. line is drawn. Right. But my point is, is that I think we have to understand, even if we're only with our kids four hours a day because we work or whatever it may be, Boundaries are love as well. Yeah, and the kids crave it. They need it. They need that sense of safety. Right. Um, they, it really helps them know. Imagine a child's kind of floating out there, and if you don't give them the boundaries where they know how far their limits, you know, can be. Um, and I'm talking about safety issues here, right. obviously, because we talk about on the show all the time. Let your child be who they are. Right. Speak their mind. That kind of thing. But you have to balance that, temper mm-hmm. that with when they start to be really disrespectful, right. when they start to do things that are unsafe or make or say things or make choices that, that don't align with your belief system, right. you have to call them out on it. Right. That's our job. Yeah, yeah. That's I, part of love. I know. And people go too far one way and too far the other right. way. And as we've talked about on the show, balance is not necessarily being in perfection, right. but realizing when you're too far one way. Right. That's when you yeah. go, ooh, I got to go having back. Having the awareness. Having the and awareness. how do you have that awareness? Take little breaks in your day and have quiet and have silence and all that. Exactly. Take a deep breath and go upstairs and have a two-minute meditation. One conscious breath. Or I like to play basketball. Exactly. Or move or do yoga or write. or It's not the same for everybody. And so I I really um, want everybody to figure out for them what feels right for them and be okay if it changes. Mm -hmm. You know, like we were just talking about where you have one plan and you're like, this feels good. And then after a few weeks, it doesn't. So change it and don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. Move it around. Shake it up. Shake it up a little. Um, So we're almost out of time. All right. Um, Self-aware parent part one, self-aware parent part two. Mm -hmm. If you want to be cool, you'll buy the book. That's the only way you can be cool. Yeah. Only way is to go buy the book. Um, KathyCAdams.com. It's cheaper on my website, you guys. That's Nobody why I send it. Nobody buys it off you. the yeah. website, though. Oh, I know. Some, people, some do. people do. No, that's not true. I do get people off the website. But if you buy it off Amazon, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's just a little cheaper on my website. Yeah. Um, unless you have Prime right. on Amazon, then you get it just, you know, for, you don't have to pay for shipping. You don't but anyway, to. either one, Software Parent 1, Software Parent 2. And um, that's, that's it. it. So next week, we'll catch you next time on zenparentingradio.com. Next week, we'll catch you next time. That's right. Nice. Um, Say goodbye. This is Kathy Adams. This is Todd Adams. Adios. Thank you.